Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness-related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now, on to the episode with your host, Coach Lisa. Hello, and welcome back to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. My name is Lisa, I'm your host, and today I have the pleasure of introducing you to our very own coach, Tammy. I'm super excited to have her here and to hear more about her background and for her to share more about what really changed in terms of nutrition for her when she discovered macro counting. So Tammy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's my absolute pleasure. And yes, I would I would just absolutely love for you to kind of tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're at, um, how you got into nutrition, how you got into training, just a bit of a background story. Sure. Um, me and my fiance live in Southern California with our two daughters. Um, they have four paws. <laughs> one is a pug named Daisy. The other one is a cattle dog named Dixie. Um, we, uh, also have a place up in Northern California where it's more of a farm. We do both the city and the country life. It's really fun. Um, <laughs> in terms of my background, um, I don't know if like, you'll be surprised to know this, but I actually didn't have a very athletic training sports, uh, childhood growing up. Um, I was actually more into the books. And it wasn't until probably in my 30s that I signed up for a boot camp. And from there, you know, the weightlifting aspect really, really um, excited me because I started to actually finally see uh, my body change. It get a little bit more curvy instead of the skinny fat that I got from doing so much cardio over the years. Um, but the one thing that, you know, just really game changed for me was actually dialing in my nutrition. The nutrition aspect started off with a girlfriend of mine introducing me to macro counting after I had failed horribly with like liquid diets, like, you know, uh, isogenics, um, just cutting out carbs, cutting out fats, doing all these weird diets. <laughs> well, weird for me because, you know, now that I found macro counting, it's such a game changer. But uh, my thing with nutrition was I got really curious, like why did I have to eat a certain amount of protein? Why are carbs included? Like, why isn't that like the devil, you know? And then why are fats included? Because doesn't that make you fat? So in, you know, having a coach back then, um, it was like a 30 day program with my local CrossFit, because I also got into CrossFit. But I didn't understand why she kept saying, you're hanging on to your fat because it's all hormones. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? So, um, I finally just signed up for a course during uh, the COVID shutdown because I figured, you know, we're all home now. We might as well be productive. That's when I learned all the things about nutrition, got certified, um, but it was mainly for myself. And then, you know, a girlfriend of mine who's also a trainer decided you're going to have a nutrition client. So here you go. <laughs> um, that's how I got my first client. And from there, it just sort of snowballed. And then I actually signed up with you because. I really believe in the, um, the concept of do as you preach, you know, because it takes away number one for me, the guesswork, the subjective part, and it's been, you are still my coach, obviously. And honestly, it, it, it taught me how to maintain, you know, to like get to my results and then really maintain that and then develop even more 
So that's really my nutrition journey. Along the way, I did get my um, personal trainer certification as well, but I have more of an interest in nutrition, to be honest. <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, so many things, because I think you and I, we have several things in common in the sense of um, the CrossFit background, perhaps, uh, but also, I guess, drive for learning and um, a little bit what one thing that you and I often exchange thoughts on is like traveling and the flexibility and just like how liberating really finding macros, finding or understanding, like finally it clicks where it's not just like, oh, you need to cut out carbs. You're like, yeah, but why? Or you need to, to just drink this liquid shake yeah but how and how long and like <laughs> why uh, you know just continuing with this but um i i think uh, also what not everybody might know is that you have a cultural background like you're originally or your family's vietnamese i think you were uh, born in uh, in vietnam or no in the states actually i was actually born in thailand um, oh, okay yes yes no that's yeah. right yeah uh -huh. i'm full viet born in thailand uh, my mom was such a an amazing cook for me growing up. I mean, she still is, but um, I mean, growing up, it was food was literally the center, like the hub of our life. You know, my mom was this amazing cook who had like a restaurant, you know, like she's constantly cooking. I honestly didn't know you could actually eat out when I was young because <laughs> she cooked all the time and it was all this delicious food. And it was actually a ton of protein. I think that's the reason why I love protein so much because my mom was constantly making like, you know, lobster tails or like, you know, pork spare ribs or, you know, some shrimp dish and, and you know, grilled pork, but it was so much protein so that honestly protein was easy for me to actually just, you know, get on board with, but it was all this delicious food. And so when I got older and um, you know, body image became an issue because in my culture as well, you know, they want that skinny, skinny, stick, skinny, fat girl. So I was like, wait a minute, how do you eat this much, but look like, you know, um, a little model figure. So as I got older and into well into my adult years, you know, it was the, wait a minute, how am I supposed to enjoy all of this while maintaining a physique that I'm happy with, you know? So then it was, it was like a light bulb went off when I got introduced to macro counting because uh, the carbs were like, wait a minute, I don't need to cut out my favorite noodles ever. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, how about like the, the protein? Okay, wait a minute. I can eat pork, even though it's a fattier cut of meat or ribeye um, because wait a minute, I do need some fats, you know, and then cheese. Oh my God, give me all the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, how do you eat like anything without slathering cheese on it? That's, you know, one of my favorite things too. So it was basically like, wow, this is food freedom because I can eat all of my culture foods as long as I log it accurately and correctly. And then my fiance love him so much because we both love to travel. We both love dogs, but we also love food. So when I met him, I mean, I think he's actually a little bit more adventurous with food than I am. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting because I consider myself very adventurous and we go on like date nights, you know, every single night, it's either date night out or date night in, and we're cooking something together. So I want to be present because that's how you keep a marriage happy. That's how you keep yourself happy because food is such a centrifugal thing for us that macro counting solved all of that for me.
you know, mm-hmm. like yes, we, he'll he'll make like, okay, honey, I'm gonna make this oyster stew that I had a long time ago when I visited Seattle. I'm gonna try to replicate. I'm like, that is so cool. Let's try to eat that, and I can fit it in, you know. And it's not about what I can or cannot eat, which is what a lot of people just seem to not understand until they get into the process. It is about how much of everything you get to eat. It's 100%. like. Yeah, it's hey, you need to eat a little bit more protein, carbs, you know, maybe you can dial it back, but I mean make up for it by eating a ton of micronutrients such as eat more greens, which I hate, but I've learned to like, you know, incorporate in because it fits my macros, it fits my micros. I get my nutrients, I feel so much better, and I truly do subscribe to the whole 80 to 90% of the mm-hmm. time eat nutritiously. You know, just eat nutritiously on a on like a daily basis. And then that's how we enjoy our date nights. That's how I enjoy my wine. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I think you, you, I mean, you mentioned a few really good points because I did want to talk about the quote unquote dangers of flexible dieting a little bit as well. Um, so when I speak about, you know, flexible dieting or flexible dieting has received sometimes a bit of a bad connotation because people take it too far. I mean, in the end, yes, um, losing weight or gaining weight does come down to overall daily calories and within that the macros but um if you just fill up your calories and macros with pop tarts and protein shakes i don't know why we always use the example of pop tarts but we'll go with it um you're still you're going to have digestive issues you're going to have poor skin you're going to have um like feel crappy low in energy like all these kind of things hormones not to speak of etc um so i think you mentioned a few good things the 80 90% whole foods rule certainly um really really good one to follow because then you almost well, not automatically, but you're so much more likely to hit your fiber. You're so much more likely to hit or to at least cover a good amount of your um, micronutrients, as you mentioned also. Um, But what I'm curious about too is, so you say you, um, you use your macros to every now and then have a glass of wine or to go out. So I would love for you to share with our listeners um, how they can plan for a day like that. So like, what's your personal process when, you know, and, and you already mentioned a, a good point, you and your um, fiance, you plan ahead. You or he lets you know, hey, babe, on Friday, we're eating out. I'm thinking about going to this and th- that restaurant. Which one would you choose? I guess that would be the first point. Is that correct? Yes. So, you know, perfect example to use uh, as an example today is it's 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Um, so huge celebration, right? Obviously there's going to be um, alcohol. So what I do is actually the night before I went into my phone and I actually programmed what my breakfast was going to be um, because I always make sure to start the day with a ton of protein if I know I'm going to be drinking alcohol at night. Um, on a, an occasion like this, where it's not like your regular, like weekly date nights, I'm going to um, pre-program and pre-log into my tracking app, two drinks. Um, I always stop it. I, I'm not one of those where I'm going to drink to get drunk. You know, I, I drink it because I truly actually do enjoy the, the taste of like the wine. So um, I'm going to uh, program two glasses of wine, whether they be red or white, I'm going to pick the more calorie condensed one. Because if I choose something that's less calorie condensed later on, 
great. Now I can fit in like, you know, more fruits or like that extra helping of um, rice pudding that my fiance bought last night for us to eat, you know? So one is to pre-log your alcoholic drinks, okay? Start with that. Have a, um, an inventory of your food that you have in the fridge or in your kitchen so that you know what you can then plan around for. So I've logged two glasses of wine. This morning, I'm going to have like egg whites um, with tomatoes and a bunch of vegetables for breakfast. Um, and then for lunch, I am going to have uh, ground turkey because we have that in the fridge. So that's, you know, a pretty lean um, protein. And I'm going to have that with more vegetables throughout the day. It's a ton of vegetables for me. My carb source are going to be vegetables because I know it's going to be calorie dense during dinner. During dinner is when actually we're going to have a barbecue with the neighbors. Um, so I'm going to plan for, let's say, you know, a hamburger bun, you know, just in case. But the point is I'm going to allot most of my calories for that meal out. The calories that are in the morning are going to be low calorie, but voluminous. So a ton of vegetables. Um, if you, and on days where I can't like actually eat my protein in the morning, cause I'm busy, like we're actually going somewhere like, um, like on Friday, we're going to be traveling to go up to wine country. <laughs> See, I'm a wino. Um, I'm going to start with an actual like protein shake. You know, my thing is start with protein. Your blood sugar is going to be even throughout the day so that you curb cravings. You're not going to want to eat. And then even before the meal out, I'm going to have another protein source because I don't want to go into my meals hungry because when you're hungry, oh my gosh, you're going to eat the whole kitchen sink. Like everything's going to look good. Like the potato chips are going to look good. Everything. And then on days where like this, if I have a barbecue with the neighbors, I will bring my own dish that's going to be macro friendly to me, but, you know, also very enjoyable for the neighbors. Like I volunteered to do the baked potatoes, you know, I'm going to throw it in the air fryer and that's easy because then I can season it with salt, pepper, paprika, and then we can, you know, have like a dressing on the side, but it's something that I can contribute that I can control for my intake. Um, for the protein for tonight, I'm actually going to go over to my neighbors soon to dig into their uh, refrigerator to see what protein we're all going to work together to uh, cook. So that's how I handle days like today, where it's going to be tough, but give yourself the extra calories by eating low calorie foods throughout the day, high volume, such as vegetables and protein. And honestly, you're going to eat and enjoy your uh, holiday guilt-free. And that's what you want. Mm -hmm. The mindset is also super important because if you're going to go in there and say, oh my gosh, I had some potato chips or I had a hot dog and that's mystery meat, you know, then you're going to feel bad the next day. You're going to binge or you're going to um, just punish yourself by restricting. And I don't like that either. I want to have that healthy mindset that goes with the flexible dieting. Um, and that's how I balance it with uh, my date nights, my vacations. And I mean, we go on vacations that are like wine country, you know what I mean? And I literally um, map out my destinations to different restaurants, like how we did in Canada. <laughs> we had our team meetup. I was like, okay, we're going to eat here. So it goes like that, but that's how I just, you know, navigate around it. I love it. So many good points. So I think number one would be to 
pre-planned just full stop that I mean you've got to that that would be if you don't plan ahead it's unrealistic to be um expecting that you're staying within your calories that you're hitting your protein and that um you're generally gonna feel good and point number two being front loading the day with protein with um volume voluminous foods like you know that lots of vegetables low in carbs and fats because you want a lot the majority of your calories for that meal out but you also mentioned logging your drinks um as the first thing essentially so you already know you know if you have two glasses of something that's i don't know 300 calories it's just roughly say maybe a little bit more okay so how much do i have left over i'm gonna want to have this and that much protein in my breakfast and my lunch um, and then, you know, maybe you can save. I, I often, what I often also do is I'm thinking about, is there going to be appetizers, main and dessert, or am I just going to, you know, share an appetizer and the main and I don't want any dessert because I think that helps people, helps me also gauge how many calories, how much of a buffer to save potentially, if I don't know, because sometimes we truly don't know what is going to be there. Like if someone invites you to dinner or it's just going to be buffet and you're like I literally have no clue how much or what they will serve there so in that case I think uh, like setting yourself or just I guess anticipating how much room do I need to save Um, that is I guess the least that you can do so if I know roughly I'm going to share an appetizer it might be two three hundred calories at minimum I guess um, and I'm going to have a main that would at minimum, like for those two things together, be eight, 900 calories already, right? So then if you're like, if you're in a, in a calorie deficit, if you're in a cut, which you still laid out in your cut and you did not have a lot of calories, right? So if you're in a cut, that helps you to know, okay, right. If I want to have an appetizer, I probably shouldn't drink on that same night, or, you know, I want to have a drink, so I'm going to skip the appetizer. So it just, it gives you a guidance and then again, to your point is it allows you to not feel guilty about it because you also don't feel, you feel like you have a plan. You feel like you have A, permission, and B, it's not this like filling that empty pit that's starving from the whole day of low calories until, because if you wait for, to feel satiated, um, you're going to eat way overeat, right? After such a long time of, um, well, either fasting or low calories, and then, of course, especially if it's if it contains alcohol, the alcohol not being satiating at all, essentially, you cannot trust your hunger signals in those instances, especially if you're in a dieting phase. So I think, yeah, that 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 guideline or simply knowing, okay, I've got my allotment, I'm I'm I've I've eaten that now, and you know that's it. Simply focusing on the on the presence of the other people, on the conversations, especially on a day like today for you, 4th of July, you know, it, it also reminding yourself what it's truly about. Yes, it is about the food. Yes, we love food. But also it's not that you're looking forward to a holiday like that just for the food purposes. You mentioned your neighbors, you're going to be present, you're going to be chatting with them, you truly enjoy your fiance's com company, etc. So when you guys head away, it's not just about the food. So I think that's always an important reminder um, for people also. Um, yeah. I agree. And the one thing I think um, I should have brought up too was it's also very important to periodize based on your um, schedule. What I mean by that, for those who are unfamiliar, is, um, you know, when I start the year off, oftentimes, you know, I'll plan with you, like, hey, Lisa, like, 
this year, like let's just take 2023, for example, um, I'm going to get married in December. So what do we want to do? You know, throughout the summer, we might be taking a vacation. I want to stay in maintenance throughout the summer. Um, but leading up to that, you know, after the winter, we I did like that mini cut um, just to like feel a little bit more confident mm -hmm. for the engagement photo shoot. But, you know, if everybody out there, if you have a coach, please, please, please communicate with your coach about any travel plans, because then it's really easy for us to then say, okay, when you are, you know, these months here leading up to your travel, maybe we can do like a cut. And depending on how much time you have is how we determine how aggressive the cut is. But we want to also, you know, cushion in like, at least two weeks where we can reverse you to then go back to maintenance so that when you're on vacation, you're not in a cutting phase at like low calories. I mean, I, on my cut, I was what, like 1500 calories, I think. And that may sound scary for some people, but I'm used to eating like 1900 calories in maintenance. So when, you know, I'm on vacation, I'm not in a cut and then I can truly enjoy all the foods, that extra glass of wine, because when you're in a cut at like 1400 or 1500 calories, you're very limited. Mm -hmm. And um, a thing about travel is I make sure I pack enough protein for myself, whether it be, you know, um, protein shake, protein powder, um, a protein bar, because people forget carbs and fats are so easy to come by on vacation. You're sometimes in a place where you're unfamiliar and the local grocery store might be like, 30 minutes away and you can't access that. So especially when you're um, traveling, I pack all of that so that at least in the morning, um, I still have my protein load uh, where I can just access from the hotel room. I will pack like protein oatmeal packets, make it out of the coffee maker right in the hotel room. Um, when we were in Hawaii last year in November, um, right after we uh, got to the airport, drove immediately to Costco, packed up a whole ton of stuff. And honestly, that was how we did it. And we made sure I had a kitchen in the hotel. So breakfast and lunch were actually just eating in the hotel room, going down to the pool and then enjoying it with our friends. And I'd pack like the protein heavy snacks and it was very easy. And I still drank with my friends. So it's it just takes preparation. Um, but that's the key to traveling and to enjoying. I love it. I think you um, gave the listeners um, several really, really cool tips in the sense of, well, number one, packing protein if possible, or going to the grocery store right away, making sure you have a little kitchenette or whatever, or at least uh, a, um, something to boil water with um, so you can have some easy meals. But also I think what this shows is just balance. One of the things that I truly always want to, um, I guess, advocate or stand for is um, moderation and balance. And that's exactly what you're saying. You're not saying, hey, macros, flexible dieting, that gave me permission to just eat whatever, do whatever all day long. No, no, no. You're saying, okay, I know I'm going to keep the day lighter. Um, and I, I mean, at the beach, let's be honest, at the beach in a bikini, people feel better if you're not uh, munching on fries and um, I don't know, whatever, um, during the whole day. And then you're just, you you feel gross about yourself. But if you keep the day a little bit lighter, you're in the heat anyway, you know, you have some refreshing snacks. And then at night, you can enjoy your dinner. You know what you have left. 
you are in a relaxed state and it's you're you're appreciating it so much more than if you were to snack on all that crappy food all day long already so I think really good point there and with the periodization anyway the other thing that I wanted to say that you're really good at is um acknowledging when your stress levels are so high you have a very stressful life like I mean most people out there but still in general like very sometimes with commuting sometimes like high stress situations in your job or sometimes in personal life also with the people around you and every now and then you have said to me in the past I'm not feeling that great about my body and like intuitively every now and then I have a moment where I just want to go into a cut but I know Lisa I have committed to this now at this phase now being at maintenance because I know it's the best for my body I know I would I would sleep even more poorly I would really not support my hormones at all and it would just add extra stress if we were cutting right now and I think that that is so amazing of course it takes some time to get to that point where you can truly be this in tune well, I guess it's not being in tune with your body, but where you can override your initial instinct of, oh, I feel crappy. I want to cut. And I mean, we've all been there. Like I've, I've shared this too in, um, during my lean gaining phase now over the last few months, there are always several days throughout the month. For me, it's usually around my ovulation where I just, I know I cannot trust my body image because I look in the mirror and, or like, I even just feel into my belly and I'm like, I feel fat. Like I know, you know, objectively or whatever, someone else looking, I might not look that much different, but I just feel fat in my clothes. I just want to cut, <laughs> but like getting to the point where you're like, no, I know this will be counterproductive. I know it has nothing to do with this. I'm just going to write it out, but I needed to voice it. That's the other thing. Like you're still voicing it to me. And I think, um, that helps people too. So like speak up, if you have a coach, speak up about it, or, you know, even just acknowledge it yourself. If you have a journal or whatever, just say like, today is not a good body image day, but you know, I'm working through it. I'm wearing clothes that maybe don't accentuate where I just feel like I have a role right now <laughs> or something like that. Right. So no, I, I, I do really want to applaud that. That's a good job. Well, the, um, the thing with like the stress, uh, yeah. So for our listeners uh, who don't really know me, uh, aside from being a nutrition coach, um, I do have a full-time job. I am a practicing attorney. Um, it gets super stressful at times. Um, you know, I, I, I love my job, but um, it does get super stressful. And the best thing that I can tell people um, for busy professionals, especially if you also have to like care give for children or, you know, like um, uh, adult parents, you know, like my fiance and I deal with that. Um, the best way to do it, again, it goes back to preparation, you know, like, for example, I just finished up a, a trial. Normally, when I am in trial mode, you know, before I start, I start meal prepping like crazy. Like I normally do meal prep enough for like two days because I get bored and I want to switch up my things. But throughout that week of trial, it's no, no, it, this is not the week to like, you know, just mess around in the kitchen. Like you normally do it. So again, 80% of the time, you know, I'm already like doing a, a meal prep. Well, you know, this is the week where it's like, you're going to eat the same thing over and over. And I'm going to have to be okay with that because it's, reducing decision fatigue, because I already have to make a bunch of decisions at work. And then, you know, getting through the week this time around, um, the stress level was high. And what I did was, like you said, I voiced it to you. And this is where having a coach 
um, even if you're a coach yourself is so valuable because then it's like, Hey, uh, Lisa. And I told you, I'm like, look, I literally cannot fit any food into my mouth right now because it tastes like sawdust and it's going down mm -hmm. so dry. So I think that like, I think there was one day where I ate below my uh, macros. And then the next two day, I'm like, well, it's going to be the same. Cause I, you know, the stress level is so high. I, for like two days after that, I didn't track, which is actually abnormal for me because, you know, the years that we've spent together, like I'm always tracking, you know, but the second it finishes, right. The second I finish this trial, the important thing that I want clients and everyone to know out there, just get back on track. Don't use that as an excuse to, well, you know, I already screwed up like three days. It's I screwed up. So you might as well just, you know, make this into a bigger problem. No, get back on track, like get right back on track. You're going to feel better body. for it. Yeah. You're going to feel better for it instead of like, oh, you're going to feel even worse because you didn't get back on track. And now you've like, you know, just went like free fall for everything. So the most important thing for me is though I didn't eat enough for three days, I got right back on track and the scale, especially um, when you're in a stressful period or when you return back from a vacation, don't step on the scale. Don't mm -hmm. step on the scale for like a week. Let it, let the bloat go out. Let the cortisol levels drop down because cortisol clings to, um, well, it affects the scale. And, you know, that's how you manage it. It's really, it all goes back to preparation and the mindset of I will be okay because mm -hmm. I'm going to get back on track. Like that was an anomaly this is the rule. So it's, that's all it is. Just get back on track. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And, and to the point of the um, voicing things also um, for me personally, I mean, I've had a, a mentor for many years now and, and a coach also. And I think for me, just the check in with him or her at the time is um, it's also just a, an, an encouragement for me to simply reflect on the week. So like the voicing that, okay, I felt anxious okay why did I feel anxious oh I was because of I mean in the case of your job it's very obvious but sometimes for some other people it might not be the case or I was stressed why why, why was I stressed well just simply reviewing every week because sometimes the day pass by we don't either acknowledge our feelings we don't acknowledge why certain things happened or how we can prevent them in the future so it's so important to do that on a regular basis whether it is with a coach or not of course you can do that on your own also But yeah, I, I did just want to highlight that also. And I think you bring up a great point about reflecting because number one, not only do you look back and, uh, oh gosh, that stressed me out, but you can also look back on all the positives, mm -hmm. you know, something to feel grateful for. And, you know, I'm such a believer in that because it was really hard for me a couple years ago, but when you sit back and, and, and you make that conscious effort to find things that are so um, positive that you overlook because, you know, sometimes negative things, it can really consume you, but make that effort to find, oh, well, this happened. And I'm so grateful for this. When you go into crisis mode, right? Or if you have something stressful, your brain, then it's like a muscle. It'll automatically say, well, hey, this is something bad that happened, but hey, I still have this. And it actually helps you manage the stress a little bit more, you know? 100%. You, I yeah, mean, and, and, I, and I, I will say- I will say too, I have uh, known you now for, you know, a year, over a year and a half um, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. And yes. I'll have to, yeah, exactly. And I'll have to say that even throughout this time, because you have 
been more and more and more consistent with your gratitude practice, even throughout this time, I have been able to tell a difference, not to say that you were ever a negative person, but I have just noticed that even in the smallest situations, you were you were a trying to find a positive aspect even if i mean you guys had a crap ton of things happening to you all at once where it was like it would have been so easy to just like throw it in the towel or just bitch about it um but you, you always found always found something positive which i mean that's that's amazing and then also um just in general even throughout this this stressful time like with trials and so on you're always like um you know, at the end of the sentence, you're always finishing, but I'm grateful for XYZ, whether it's your dogs, whether it's your fiance, whether it is simply being able to train again, even if your elbow hurts or like anything. And I just, I just love it. I wanted to point that out. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. It, it, it really does help manage stress better. You know, when you know that like, Hey, this may suck, but there's other things out there that are good and, and we should really appreciate it. And it's, it gets contagious for your own self. You know, that yeah. sounds weird, but it's- No, <laughs> I know what you mean. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just, awesome. you know, it actually helps elevate my mood sometimes. And um, yeah, it, well, I mean, they say you can't food. be, you can't be grateful and feeling anxious at the same time. So, you know, whenever you pull yourself back into gratitude, you're automatically pulling yourself away from anything negative. So I love it. Um, I do want to honor your time, but before we finish off, I do have um, one or a couple last questions, which again, pertain to the flexible dieting, because you mentioned earlier, like your mom cooked a lot and you actually cook a lot also. And <laughs> it's not just like for many of us, you know, like the bodybuilder meal of like rice, chicken and broccoli, you have some really cool meal creations. And of course you also um, create some meals from like some Vietnamese, meals or it's just some like you know things that are maybe perceived as, as a bit different or difficult to track by some people so I was wondering if you have any tips for people that are a little bit newer to tracking that want to try making a bulk recipe or that are afraid of having soups or um, stews or things like that, where you're like, how do I track that? How do I even create a recipe for that? Or if someone else is making a soup for me and I just have a portion, like, how do I log that? Do you have any tips when it comes to that? I do actually. Um, so let's take, for example, a soup, right? Um, what I would do is in your tracking app, whether it be MyFitnessPal or the one I use is MyMacrosPlus, you enter in all the ingredients, right? As you're cooking with, I even enter in like the butter that I'm going to like be cooking with, like literally everything you enter in each ingredient, the amount for each ingredient in the recipe mode. And then at the end, once you're done, um, wait for it to cool or whatever you need to do. And then weigh the whole entire meal, weigh the whole entire meal. Then on your app, instead of one serving, um, see how many grams the whole entire um, pot is minus the pot weight, of course. Um, so zero that out, put it in the pot, weigh that, and then enter in how much that is into the pot. Like if it was like a thousand grams, a thousand grams, save it because the next time, if you're scooping out like 200 grams, you can literally enter in 200 grams. And because it has all the ingredients in there for you, that's your meal. Um, you can do the same thing with something like Asian cooking. It's uh, like stir fry noodles or fried rice. You know, I would take the rice. I would measure that out. Okay, this is, let's say 400 grams of rice. I'll input that into my uh, tracker app. 
I'll take uh, two eggs and then like 100 grams of egg beaters. I'll log that in as well. I will use the you know 15 grams of butter and then put that in my app as well. Um, any other vegetables like peas or carrots, I'll input that as well. When I'm done, zero out my scale um, and then weigh the, the food all in one piece. And if it's one piece, but if it's like a thousand grams, like I said, I will input for the actual recipe um, function, 1000 grams. So that the next time I go in and I want that fried rice, I just scoop it out. This is 150 grams and it'll automatically have the protein, carbs and fats for me. And that's how I do it. Is it time consuming? Absolutely. But does it make life easier? And then you can eat literally how you want. That's the trade-off. That, <laughs> yep. that is. And people think, well, that's such a, uh, that's such a burden. It's well, it's also a burden to get dressed in the morning to go to work, but do you want to go to work naked? No, <laughs> there's going to be like a whole HR complaint there, but you have to do it. And it sucks yeah. to wear a suit every day, you know, but you have to do it. You have to do it to earn that paycheck. Well, you have to do it in order to maintain your physique. It's I also think it's a reasonably small payoff if you think about yeah. it in terms of time. I mean, yes, it might be an extra five, maybe 10 minutes, but if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, like how many times have we wasted five or 10 minutes on ad breaks on TV or on whatever, like scrolling through social media on something mindless or silly. So I think in the grand scheme of things, if, if you could ask someone, Hey, you want to have your dream physique for five to 10 minutes every day, that's a pretty good deal. Like I would take that. <laughs> and then the next time you make that same meal, it's already in your app. And it's also, honestly, it's also like a recipe and reminder, you know, like, oh, I use those ingredients, you know, yes. so yeah, no, that's it's fine. a two and one. Yeah, yeah, it's a two and one. So, yeah. And then in regards to um, like estimating meals, I mean, of course, um, we get better over time. That's what I always tell people when they're first starting out with, they're like, oh, I have no idea how much this is. And of course, the more you weigh things out, the better your eyeballing skills will yes. become also. Um, but yeah, when someone is newer to macros, what, do you have any tips for them when it comes to that kind of thing? So when you're new, right? When you're new, I would say, look up the menu beforehand, try. And then when you're at the restaurant, ask the servers, they'll tell you like, this was like a certain, um, like four ounces of chicken breast, or this was like an eight ounce of filet, right? When you're new, ask for help, you know, do that kind of stuff or use, I actually use the palm of my hand. Um, you know, the, the, thickness of my palm and then like how wide that that's about like three to four ounces. So when I'm eating out, you know, I, I literally would just put my hand over like that piece of protein and then measure it that way. And then input when you're also eating out, I would suggest ordering meals that you can see the different macros for like over the weekend, uh, we went out with another couple for a double date. I ordered the miso cod because I knew, you know, cod comes separately, the bok choy is separately, you know, and then I can do like the fats that they use on the grill. Um, but if you've been tracking for a while, what I do in order to estimate better is before I put something on my scale, I'll, I'll look at it and I'll like tell myself, okay, that's approximately 112 grams, which is four ounces. Then I'll weigh it to double check myself. And as you do more of it, you get very good at, you know, oh, that is 112. And I've actually you know, toot my own horn. I've actually been able to get within like, you know, five grams of like an estimate. So, awesome. <laughs> but it's because I've been tracking for like five years now, but 
do that extra step, everyone who I've suggested, like estimate first, then weigh it to, you know, then you, you're actually learning how much portion it is that is four ounces. So those are my tips or, you know, fill up your plate, half of it, use the plate method, half of it, all protein, a quarter of it, vegetables, the other quarter carbs, and then use your thumb. That's how much fats you get. So that's a good guideline. Yeah, simple yeah. guideline. I love it. Yeah. And I mean, I always say, or we always say to our clients too, if you have any issues, um, you know, send through a picture and we can like double check together yeah. because four eyes always see more than two. And if you're newer to macro tracking, sometimes I get that it is daunting wanting to eat out, but it's truly something I would rather um, a client eats out twice a week um, then them not eating out at all for a couple of months or longer, because then I know like the day is going to come where someone invites you out for a meal or where you're going on vacation. And then you have no idea how to handle it. So I'd rather you do that on a regular basis and we work on yeah. it together than you pretending that it's like, it's just not going to happen. So ask for help, like you said. And practice because yeah. don't say, oh, well, this was so hard. I'm just going to eat whatever. No, mm -hmm. try just mm -hmm. that first couple meals, try. And you're mm -hmm. going to be surprised by the patterns of food you actually eat. You're going to already have that logged in for next time. So yeah. just make that effort. It's five to 10 minutes, work with your coach, and then you're set for like the rest of your life. Basically, you have that saved. So yeah, that's how mm -hmm. I do it. So well, Tammy, thank you so much for all your helpful tips. I know that everyone is going to benefit from it. And also just simply for sharing a little bit more about yourself. I've truly enjoyed introducing you here to our com community. And yeah, if you have any last words of wisdom, um, then please, <laughs> we'd love to hear anything if you have one or two last tips. But I guess you already said, you know, communicate, ask for help. That's a pretty good takeaway. Um learn how to maintain that's my big thing yeah. that's my big thing yeah. yeah learn how to maintain because um people yo-yo because they don't know how to go back to regular non-dieting life and the number one thing i did for myself was prepay six months to you on how to maintain and i mean that's how i've been able to stick to it with the tracking for how many years now it's just clockwork and it's not even cumbersome anymore that's you know right. but learn how to maintain and you're going to have a sustainable lifestyle after that. So Love that's it. my tip. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. And I'll, of course, I'll drop your handle and everything in the show notes too. So people can follow you because again, you post some awesome recipes. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review or share the episode on social. Very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram at nutrition, coaching, and life, or head to our website, www.nutritioncoachingandlife.com, where we provide more valuable content. Have a wonderful day. Now go out and work on your best self.